This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. <laughs> What's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 165, episode 165 of the Banner Panther Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a super duper weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, Those Girls You Know, The Marky P Show, Eat the Damn Cake, Drinks After Work, Burnt Toast, I'm the Promoter, He's the DJ, It's Always Something with JD, Let's Be Clear with Kayla, 30 Flirty and Surviving, Music You're Missing, Rambling with a Purpose, and A Chance to Strive. If you're into sports cards, don't forget to check out Big Night Breaks every single night on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatnot, you name it, they're on it. And you can also go check out the Card Vault in person down at the Patriot Place. Don't forget to follow Big Night Media to uh, get free tickets every Tuesday. Thanks to Timmy Ticket Tuesday at Big Night Live. And you can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at Big Night Shop dot com so yeah um recording this after the game not really ideal what just went down but it, it before we dive into all that i i we there are some things we have to chat about first it's been a while since we last chatted last uh the first series for the podcast was great it was very successful i appreciate everyone who's been listening this entire time the new listeners welcome hi hello how are you um thanks for tuning in once again but since we last chatted chris middleton will not play in this entire series he did not play in game one looks like he's not going to be playing at all according to shams and Woj, that he will not be playing at all uh what else happened we, we we got the schedule for the actual schedule for the rest of the series i know i predicted that games one and two would be sunday and tuesday and i was right about that so game two will be if you're listening on monday obviously because it's the morning after the game. It will be Tuesday, 7 p.m. Then Game 3 will be Saturday at 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Game 4 will be Monday at 7.30 on TNT. Obviously, Game 3 and 4 will be in Milwaukee. Game 5 is on May 11th in Boston on TNT. Game 6, May 13th in Milwaukee on TNT. And Game 7, if necessary, May 15th in Boston. I believe that's a Sunday. Yeah, because this upcoming Sunday is Mother's Day, so happy Mother's Day to the one and only Joe Cool. Alright, what else do we have to talk about before we talk about the shit show that we just saw earlier today at TDG? Oh yes, um, thank God for the Red Panda, because this probably would have been one of the worst Sunday playoff games in quite some time, but the Red Panda came through during halftime and just crushed it. She really did. She, I mean, when does the Red Panda not crush it? I mean, what a delight she is. What an absolute icon. The music. 
the bulls throwing on the top of her head with one foot balancing on that bike. It's absolutely unbelievable. She is, without a shadow of a doubt, my favorite halftime entertainment ever, better than any Super Bowl halftime performance. Red Panda, Red Panda, Red Panda forever. God, every single time she's there, I just stop what I'm doing. Like, and anyone who got up and left knowing that Red Panda was there at halftime, if you're at the garden, shame on you. Shame on you. Never miss when the Red Panda's around. All right, anyways, let's talk about this stupid fucking basketball game that we watched yesterday. Obviously not ideal at all. I'm trying not to overreact um, because it... There was, I don't think there was one good thing that happened yesterday, minus Red Panda. Seriously, I mean, the Celtics had an offensive rating of 89, which is their 86th worst of the season. They've played 87 games this year, and that was the second worst game offensively the Celtics have played all year. They've averaged about 117 for an offensive rating against the Bucks so far this year, and when they hit 112 for an offensive rating, they are 39-4. and Hmm, that's pretty good. So they were almost, give or take, 30 points, well, 30 offensive rating points worse than usual. Not great, Bob. I mean, they sure, they were due for a bad game. They did not play like themselves, but it's like, why didn't they? If so, that's where I feel like a lot of people are concerned, whether you're a fan, the coaching staff, the players, what, clearly they got punched in the mouth. And it feels like for the first time since, mid-January they didn't punch back because they've just been dominating teams and any any single time one team tried to throw a punch they would duck or they would get hit and punch back and they didn't do any of that it literally looked like we were watching December 21 or December 2021 Boston Celtics like five six months ago just absolute terrible basketball but I get that maybe they were due for a bad game but like Maybe this is also the first time they've played a team that actually plays defense because, let's be honest, the Nets didn't play defense. And if they did play defense in that first-round series, they didn't do a very good job at it at all. Like, at all. I mean, the Bucks started off pressuring the ball all game. Yeah, I, I, I think for the most part, they pressured the ball all game long, full court. And I think that threw the Celtics off because they couldn't get into their sets. And next thing you know, everyone was rushing. And then they started freaking out. And it's like they all had like a panic attack every single possession. And that was that. And then, I mean, the three-point shooting. I mean, wow. That was awesome, huh? Whew. Man, that was beautiful. Beautiful stuff. I mean, you got to be shitting me, right? Now, I understand some of them were wide open. And those shots will fall. So I'm not trying to be too much of a negative Nancy. But, like... Take a step in after a couple, for the love of God. I mean, 18 out of 50, you missed 32 three-pointers. The Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks, took 34 total. The Bucks took 34 total three-pointers. You missed 32 three-pointers. You almost missed as many as they took. Like, that is unbelievable. And very, very fucking frustrating. Take a step in. Don't, like, there was one time, I think it was in the first half. Was it the first half or was it the second half? I think it was the first half where Jalen, like, rushed a transition three. Why? Like, what are you doing? Like, that, no, stop. Please, for the love of God. Oh, wait, hold on. I I have some breaking news on my phone. I just got an alert. And what do you know? Yep, the Celtics just missed another three-pointer. Holy shit. Breaking news. The Celtics just missed another three-pointer. That is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, the Celtics scored, what, 20 points in the paint? They hit 15, three, 15 free throws. 
and then they hit 18 threes for a total of 89 points. So they got all of their points from either the free throw line, points in the paint, or the three-point line. The Bucks, 34 points in the paint. They also hit 15 free throws, and they made 12 threes for a total of 85 points, but they scored 101, which means their mid-range game was working. They scored 16 points outside of the paint and inside the three-point line, and hmm, they won by 12. Huh, what do you know? I mean, that is how bad the Celtics played. I mean, they couldn't even, like, hit a mid-range jumper. Like, it was absolutely insane. But this is what makes the Bucks a championship-level team, even without Middleton. They play very good defense, just like the Celtics. I mean, I thought the Celtics' defense was fine, to be honest with you. I mean, to hold the Bucks to 101 points when Giannis gets 13 assists and got, a, got himself a triple-double, I mean, it could be worse right? I thought their defense was fine. I think they switched well. Sometimes they had some brain farts, which isn't them at all. But again, that stuff happens and you're okay with it. Maybe it happened a little bit too much uh, in game one, but that's okay. But you can't be mad at that. But it's just absolutely unbelievable that the Celtics just missed another three-pointer. That Absolutely unbelievable. This is, this is getting really frustrating. But I think one of the bigger things in this game that was so frustrating was points off turnovers. The Celtics forced 14 bucks turnovers and only scored six points. And I just felt like for a lot of that game, it was a six-point lead. It was an eight-point lead. And they would force a turnover, go down the court, take a bad shot, miss it. The Bucks would get the rebound, go in and score. Next thing you know, it's back to eight or back to 10. And the Bucks, on the other hand, forced 18 Celtics turnovers and got 27 points out of it. 27 points off of turnovers compared to the Celtics' six. That's a 19-point difference. So you figured 19 more points off of points off turnovers, 16 more points than them in the mid-range game. There were so many different things. I mean, the Celtics only, I think, the Celtics only scored, what, 19 points in the fourth quarter total? Like, just absolutely crazy. So clearly just a very frustrating game. There's really not a lot to take away from it. I mean, you know, the things that I was looking for in episode 164, I said, you know, the Celtics bench had to keep up with the Bucks bench. And I'm not talking about garbage time. The, the Celtics were even on that front, I think. You know, uh, what, what's his name? Um, Derek White scored 10 points. He hit two three-pointers. Finally, the one time Derek White's offense shows up, the rest of the offense doesn't show up, of course. I mean, Peyton Pritchard was not very good, especially to start that fourth quarter. He, oof, that was a bad stretch for him to start that fourth quarter. I mean, I think he was two of eight from three in this game. He was a minus 17. He just forced it too much and... Kind of, I I I know I really haven't bashed Ime a lot this year, but like Ime did make a lot of adjustments. Some of those rotations that he had out there, some of those lineups that he had, really weren't ideal. And he should have taken Peyton out earlier. And I understand that you know Marcus was hurt a little bit, and I'll get into that in a second. But yeah, just really 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 tough. I mean, number twelve was a minus fifteen. Everyone thought he could slow down Giannis. He didn't. Um, and what do you know? The Celtics have missed yet another three pointer. Wow, this is this is getting ridiculous, folks. Unbelievable. The Celtics are now missing another three-pointer. Absolutely unbelievable. But the Celtics, what else did I focus on episode 164? Think to, oh, the rebounding. Yes. The, so the Celtics have to win the rebounding battle against this team because you cannot give the Bucks second chance points. Killed them a couple times in this game. They lost 54 to 48, probably because no one followed their shot after missed threes. They all just thought every single one was going in. I mean, obviously that dunk that Jalen had over Giannis. That follow-up dunk was awesome. It just feels like Jalen always dunks on Giannis for whatever reason. I feel like in every playoff series or a regular season Bucks game, 
Jalen just dunks on Giannis, and it, it's just like a trend. It's a thing. It's it's interesting. It's fun. Um, what else did I talk about in episode? Oh yeah, Al versus Giannis. I mean, Al had a double double. He hit four threes. I thought Al Horford actually played pretty well. I mean, Giannis, Giannis knows what he has to do in this series. Giannis knows with Chris Middleton out, he is going to have to give it his all. If it was up to Giannis, he would play forty eight minutes a game. He really would. I, I I don't think he hit the 40-minute mark. I think Tatum did. I think Tatum played 40 minutes, but I don't think Giannis hit the 40-minute mark. I could be wrong about that, but Giannis knows what he has to do. He really does. And then that's how Giannis got a triple-double. He was a plus 23. A plus 23 in a 12-point game. Now, listen, the health situation, I mean, it's not really ideal. I mean, the Celtics have to stay healthy. Like, Jalen, he may not be 100%. Like him and Ime were talking about all week. He did not play very well. I mean, he rebounded the ball well, which was nice to see because that's something, you know, that has to improve. And and it did in that game. But like I've been saying all year, all season long, and in round one, Jalen Brown is the most important player on this Celtics team. And I'm sure you're sick of hearing me saying it. And to be honest with you, I don't blame you. But Jalen Brown sucked yesterday and the Celtics sucked yesterday. So if Jalen Brown can, and listen, it's okay to have a bad game. Like, I'm not angry at Jalen. He just didn't play well. It happens. If Jalen Brown can have a good game, this could be 1-1 going into Milwaukee. But they have to win. So what are what are some of the things that the Celtics need to happen or need to do uh, to win game two to make this 1-1 heading into Milwaukee and then hopefully getting a split and getting home court back? I mean, number one, you got to stay healthy. I mean, Marcus got that stinger. Looks like he separated his shoulder, ran into the locker room. The place went silent. You could hear a pin drop. He's got need in the quad a couple times. And I think, didn't Marcus miss some games earlier this year with his quad? Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. Obviously, you have Jalen's hamstring. Hopefully, he's getting proper treatment, some good rest. But then you also got to hit your open shots. Don't force up bad shots because you feel rushed. Because guess what? The Bucks are going to come back and pressure the ball again. And sure, there were a couple... A couple calls, you know, with Horford and Tice about some screens. Not really ideal, but ugh, whatever. It's not the reason why they lost the basketball game. But they, the Celtics now know that the Bucks are going to pick up full court for majority of the game. They have to be prepared for that. And I'm glad that, you know, they, they see that. Hopefully, Ime can make some adjustments. Ime has to make adjustments. The Bucks do a great job of forcing you in the paint. And then everyone just collapses in the paint. And then if you try and kick it out, all the Bucks defenders close out very well. So should someone cut back door, maybe more Tice picks in the paint. Uh, not picks. Pins. They're called pins, right? Yeah, pins. What, what are they called? Are they called pins? Anyways, it doesn't matter. Daniel Tice setting the edge, if you will, to get Tatum a couple open layups to get him going when everyone's attacking. But then the Celtics also have to attack the rim, too. There were a couple times where Jason Tatum could have gone up, but I literally seriously thought the refs were in his head too much, which is slowly becoming a thing again, and I don't like it at all. And I understand that he has some reason to, to complain. There were some bad fouls both ways, and I'm not going to complain about the refs because the Celtics just missed another three-pointer. Oh, my God. This is a... They have to stop shooting three-pointers. They really and truly do. Now, the other thing that the Celtics have to do in Game 2 is win the non-Giannis minutes. For the love of God. At the end of the third quarter, when Giannis went out, the Celtics were, I think, down six with about three and a half minutes to go in that third quarter. All you had to do was get it down to, like, two points, three points, make it a one-possession game. They couldn't. The Bucks were a plus two, and that was that. I mean, 
Bobby Portis and Drew Holiday cannot beat you when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are on the floor. Now, Drew Holiday is incredibly underrated, by the way. I know everyone talks about Middleton. I know everyone talks about Giannis, but Drew Holiday can defend a lot of positions. I don't know if he can defend Rob Williams or Al Horford, but Drew Holiday can lock up Tatum. He can lock up Smart. He can lock up Jalen Brown. He's a very, very good basketball player. And he was awesome yesterday for the Bucs. He really and truly was. I haven't seen him shoot that well because I don't consider Drew Holiday a great uh, shooter overall, but not bad. So finally, keep the ball moving and go towards the ball when it's thrown at you. There were a couple times when Tatum got blitzed and he tried to throw a nice soft like lob and the Bucks players went after it and the Celtics players just stared and watched and waited for it to come to them and it just never did. So stay healthy, hit your open shots, don't don't put up bad ones. We'll see what Ime does with his adjustments, especially as the Celtics try to attack the paint. Win the non-Giannis minutes, and for the love of God, get 25 assists or more. They only got 21 in this game. Not ideal. You know what I say. The Celtics are unbeatable when they get 25 assists or more. And that's it for episode 165 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Episode 166 will be out on Wednesday morning after game two, which will be at 7 p.m. at TD Garden on TNT on Tuesday night or tomorrow night or today, whichever day you're listening. And thanks so much for listening as always. You can find me on the Twitter machine at BannerBanter18 or on Facebook and Instagram at BannerBanterPodcast. And we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Toodles and noodles, X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night. Good night.